Tim, you and I, I'm thinking back to when we first met. I want to say it was like 2000. It must have been late 2012. That's when I started Krav Maga. Yeah, that sounds right. Do, when did you remember when you started Krav? What? I do remember when I started Krav Maga. It was, uh, it was April 3rd of... It was April 3rd of 2011. The day sticks with you. It's it the does. year that gets a, a little bit hazy. The years yes. run together. But the day seems to hold some level of significance. It does. Do you remember who your first teacher was? Uh, my first teacher was MC, was uh, was Master <laughs> Chung. Jeez. And, and more importantly, um, my first training partner was, um, was EJ, was Enoch. Oh, my gosh. Um, which he's been a mentor and a, and a training partner of mine. I mean, we've taken multiple tests together. Um, we've done a lot of things mm-hmm. within that world together. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, my introduction to Krav Maga was with a guy who's got 25 years of multiple types of martial arts experience. And he basically beat the crap out of me my first day. And I fell in love with it all at the same time. So, um, yeah, that first day was a pretty significant moment in my life for sure. There's a lot to unpack just in that statement alone. Uh, first and foremost, uh, for anyone who ever has the chance uh, to listen to this, Krav Maga um, is the kind of the civilian distilled format of what is taught the, the, uh, of the military combat style within the Israeli Defense Force. Uh, the Israeli Defense Force is an elite defend elite military um, of Israel, and they have a really unique style of combat. And as I understand it, they've taken that style of military combat and have distilled it down to something that civilians uh, can learn to defend themselves. That's how I understand Krav Maga. That's the yeah. That's basically it. I mean, the the, the big thing is they they focus on being put. You know, starting off in a position of being a disadvantage, outnumbered. Usually, somebody has a weapon, um, and uh, and you don't have anywhere to go, and so you're forced to take on whatever your adversary, you know, whoever your adversary is, in an incredibly aggressive um, and forward-moving manner. Uh, and so, from day one, you kind of get thrown into the thrown into the fire on that, and uh, and I just fell in love with it. So, it's a re- really unique set of people who take the first class and decide right then and there that they want to be a part of this world. It's either you love it or you hate it. There's no real, I'm going to try it out to see if this works for me because what you see is what you get. For sure. The whole way through. And it never gets better. It gets worse, but <laughs> but better, is, but worse is a good thing, I guess. Yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah. Well, when we think of Krav Maga, I mean, it's it's not top of mind like Taekwondo or uh, or Karate or Kung Fu or maybe even to a now growing extent uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Right? How in the world did you learn about Krav Maga? Um, honestly, I've I've been uh, just from when I was a kid. I was always interested in the military, um, and so just the different every aspect of the military was something that I was always interested in. It was something that I, that I attempted to, uh, to join myself. I made some really bad decisions when I was in my teens, which, uh, basically just, I wasn't, I wasn't able to join because of those. Uh, but going beyond that, I was really big into history. And so just reading a ton of books and reading about the different fighting styles and the different, you know, ways that these military groups do what they do and how they prepare for things. 
um, one of the really, you know, basically, with a lack of a better term, one of the more badass groups of people is the Israeli military. And just all, because every single part of their military is a special forces group, basically, in some form or another. Um, and they all practice this martial art, which was touted to be the most brutal thing on the planet when it came to hand-to-hand combat. And so it was something that once I heard about it many, many years ago, it just stuck with me. And then once I came across it, looking for um, looking for a reason, really what it was is I was fat. I was a big guy. I was like 265 pounds, and, and uh, I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day, and I turned 30, and my I went and saw my doctor, and my doctor was like, you're pre-diabetic, and you're going to get cardiac, uh, what's the? Cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest is coming, and like um, cardiovascular disease is, a, is you know, a really good candidate for that. You know, blood pressure's off the charts, like all these things. Um, and and I had been you know in sobriety for several years by this point, but I hadn't really been taking care of my body. I'd only been focusing on other things. Um, so I you know sorry for the long explanation. No, but, this is great. Um, but basically, I, I I went looking for this magic bullet that was going to make me skinny and keep me in in you know invested in it and keep me involved. Um, I tried P90X at home and it didn't stick because it's really hard to stay motivated with that. Right. I went to twenty four hour fitness and that was. Uh, it's just hard to keep going because I didn't have um, I didn't have a, a buddy to go with, and uh, I tried a few other things. I tried running, but running was hard on my knees. And then, um, so then I, I showed up uh, at at a, at a friend's place, and he was doing I think he was doing like Muay Thai on on, on a on a banana bag. And I started talking to him about that, and I was like, "Hey, man, is it you know? Can you lose weight doing this?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "But you know what, man? He's like, if you want to lose weight and learn how to kick some butt and do all these things, he's like, you should check out a Krav Maga gym. There's one that's you know open in downtown Renton. He's like, they will run you to death. Like they will, you'll lose, you'll burn a thousand calories in an hour on some of those things." And I was like, "Okay." So I went and, and called MC and uh, and started my first class, and I never looked back. That, in a sense has become that magic bullet it's not often that we can find the thing that is going to get us to whatever goal we have be it lose weight find a relationship get job this is great this is fantastic and and from it not only have you met your fitness goals but you've clearly developed a, a new community for sure of it yeah a whole whole other host of friends um other opportunities in life uh have have opened up to me um, I mean, I, I, I changed the way that I did a lot of things in my life because of that martial art and because of the experiences that I had there and how hard some of the testing was, it made me believe in myself in a way that nothing else had ever had ever done for me before. So it was something that brought me out of a kind of a place where I always thought that I, you know, I couldn't achieve much, you know, physically and whatnot. And then I go through these trials that, you know, even when I failed tests, like it was so freaking hard that you come out of it thinking like I can do anything, yep. you know, and uh, and so yeah, I kind of carried that through with with other areas of my life for sure. The I don't have as um, kind of a uh, um, story esque background behind how I joined Krav. It was uh, I was it was my last quarter of, of grad school in two thousand yeah in two thousand and twelve, mm-hmm. and me and a, f- a number of my MBA classmates were in the student lounge just daydreaming about how we're going to spend our newfound time after we graduate and we've just spent the last two years of our lives uh, grinding away at at, at the MBA program and and now the finish line is upon us and we're thinking about okay so now we have a job and we have our free time what are we going to do 
Right. And uh, eventually the question came around to me and I responded, well, I'm thinking about getting back into martial arts. It's been a while since uh, I have done it, a long while. Yeah. Uh, since high school, actually. And uh, I said that, out, uh, uh, I guess, loud enough for a friend of mine uh, across the room to say, oh, if you're interested in martial arts, you should check out this style called Krav Maga. I asked him, like, what is it? He goes, just check it out. You'll thank me later. That was probably spring of 2012. Hmm. Okay, so graduate summer of 2012. My wife and I get married. Uh, and then um, fall comes around. Uh, I start my new job. Uh, so now I have some level of income. And I look up a Krav Maga school because I had talked to my wife about it. And uh, I looked up some videos, did some research, and... From the videos I saw, I was convinced that this is going to work for me. But I wanted this to be something that my wife and I could do together. We're newly married. We, we want to have some sort of a couple's activity. Sure. My wife mentioned that she wanted to get in shape. She <clears throat> mentioned that she was interested in martial arts. I looked at the Krav Maga video, and I was convinced that this is going to be great. Um, I looked up a school. There was one in Renton. Uh, but, oh, I, wonder if, I wonder if my wife is going to like it. So anyway, I, I, <laughs> I loaded the video, and I said, hey, dear um, – she was in the bedroom, so I walked upstairs and said, hey, I found this martial art that I think would be great, um, but I wanted – let me see if you like it. I played the video for her. I think within about 10 seconds into the video, she was like, we're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now, the funny thing is my wife is a petite five foot two, um, I, I was... barely 100-pound uh, Asian woman. Yes. Uh, and and she <laughs> she was sold immediately. Uh, I've I've had to make some convincing asks in the past, but that might have been by far the easiest ask I've I've ever made, um, including uh, asking her to marry me. So I think <laughs> yeah, sure it might have been an easier ask. Um, we take our first class. Uh, it was a guy named Mike. It was a, a, a tall Mike, big Mike, big Mike, right? Yeah, he must have been like six foot tall. He's a, he's a slender, slender man. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember that first class being very difficult. Um, yep. And I remember leaving the class uh, with my wife thinking, this is it. Uh, we're, we're here to stay. Signed up for a membership that week. Yep. Never I, looked back. I did the same thing. I, uh, that day, I, I, I think I threw up twice and I had to sit down, you know, because we were doing knees that day. So EJ unloaded about oh, seven or eight of them on Lord. me. And, uh, and he was like, he looked me right in my face. <laughs> and, you know, I, I realized that people who are listening to this can't, can't imagine who, uh, who EJ is, but imagine a, a five foot eight, you know, 240 pound, you know, wrecking ball of destruction in the, in the, in the shape of a, of a, you know, early 50 year old you know bald-headed black man who's just you know ex-navy and he's a security yeah. expert and he's just he's just a bad man you know uh super nice incredibly courteous mm -hmm. um but he knows how to cause a lot of damage so he got a hold of me and he looks me in my face and he says when i knee you breathe out <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah i got it and he was like no 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 when i knee you Breathe out, and he was just—it was just the way that he said it, and yeah. it, it, you'd have to see the look on, on his face. But you know, I knew that I was in trouble in yeah. that moment, and uh, and yeah, he just—he unloaded on me. But then it was like, this is awesome. I'm surrounded by people who are doing things that I've always wanted to learn how to do, and if I if I run away from this now, yeah, I'll never get the opportunity. So I wouldn't sign up for a year that day, and at the end of that <laughs> class, just signed a contract. Let's do it. Nice. Do you, I remember actually the the first time I think the 
I've only gotten the win out of the four years I've actually been training at Krav Maga. I've only had the wind knocked out of me twice, and I think the first person who did it was you. Really? In 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 all, it was a positive experience, which is of course something that we in Krav Maga would tell each other, right? <laughs> uh, but we were doing knees. Uh, it was a row of knees, actually. Oh, it was okay. the row of knees where you start yeah. out at the at one end of the line, and there's five to ten people lined up with pads, right? And it's just five knees. Next person, five knees. Next person, and you got you got to me and. And I, my diaphragm just couldn't take it, and I, <laughs> I'm getting losing my breath. Wow! Um, I never knew that I uh, that I uh, it was had great. that kind of an it impact on you. Yeah, That's awesome, like <laughs> literal impact. Like, uh, and then the second person who did it was um, P. Oh yeah, in sparring when yeah, we were yeah. in fight night, um, which is tomorrow night. Actually, P will do that to you yeah. absolutely. Um, and but you know when we talk about these things uh, and and the test, which I want to get into here in a moment, um, we we talk about these stories. With a sense of nostalgia. Absolutely. With a sense of pride, with a sense of personal happiness and content. Um, this is, uh, for, for as violent uh, of an activity as this is, um, this is what we love. The violence in and of itself does not define who we are. And, and no. I, I got to make that distinction very clear because it's, it's easy to get looped into this idea of uh, of being some sort of some rugged meathead who's always looking to fight. Right. Nothing could be further from the truth from practically everybody in the class. Absolutely. I, I can't imagine one person. I seriously, I would have to work really hard to think of, and I, I would come up with nobody. There's nobody in our class who who takes us actively looking to use it in real life. The, the only people that did have that kind of an attitude got weeded out pretty quick from the beginning and they they couldn't they didn't want to hack you know trying to hack it out with uh with all of us that were dedicated in there and had a positive attitude they would come in thinking that they were tough and they'd get lit up by somebody and then they didn't they didn't like that they wanted to be the tough guy and so they usually didn't come back mm -hmm. um I, I, you know, I didn't see it too often, but there was definitely some guys that came in with a chip on their shoulder, yeah. thinking that they knew a lot more than they did, and then they got shown the world when they, when they, <laughs> when they jumped in with us, and 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 that was the end of it. But I mean, and nobody was nobody was ever malicious, and nobody was ever doing anything that was negative. It was just that was part of the process, is yeah. you know, is is having to. We're teaching. We're using each other as a teaching yeah. instrument, and so. You're sacrificing your body for your fellow student to learn with. So if you don't trust that person, um, it's very hard to to be relaxed and to be giving back and forth like that. It sounds really strange when you say it that way, but you know it's it's a relationship and a conversation in and of itself without having to use any words. Right. Um, it, it, I guess the best way I can explain it is like there's people that are new that come in and like you know it sounds bad, but at the end when I was you know. I, really training hard and, and doing a lot of the higher level stuff. Um, I didn't want to train with anybody who was new, anybody who I didn't know. I didn't yeah. want anything to do with it because I was afraid that, you know, you can get injured so easily that right. I, I would have to get to know them for a little while and then, you know, work in with them a little bit. And then once I've gotten to know that they're, they have control and they have the, what their intent is and all that stuff, then I would train with them a little bit more. But, you know, at the beginning I didn't know what I was doing. So, <laughs> well, and so that's why I, I mean, you know, starting at a level one, um, and then you know, now gradually I'm here at level three. But thinking back to my days as a level one, I would genuinely hold it as a badge of honor to have the chance to pair up with 
you or Fee or Randy um, or, or EJ or some of the upper level students because it goes right down to that element of trust. The fact that you guys, so for me being an un, kind of a lower level student, uh, the, the fact that you guys would trust me enough to to partner up that not only that I would take care of you, but that I would push, you would rely on me to push you to your limits for that hour Absolutely. meant the world to me. Uh, and, and that's something that's, you know, as we have this dialogue about um, uh, of Krav Maga and how we got into it and what it does for us, um, it's, it's it's much to my surprise, it draws out a whole bunch of other things that I never even thought about. Right. Yeah. Now, then we get to the test. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a whole other that's a whole other can of worms there. The test is magical, right? <laughs> to say the least, for sure. Um, it is. I mean, there is an element of uh, you, you might have an out of body experience um, uh, midway through. It is yep. grueling. I, I've now mind. So you, when you think back to your your days when you first started Krav, you mentioned your your health at that time. Your right. weight, your, um, your lung capacity was challenged because you were smoking. Right. Um, I myself was coming out of grad school, so I had put on some pounds, um, and uh, I have asthma. Okay. Um, fortunately, it sounds like you and I both have overcome those health issues because we were just dedicated and stay, stuck with it. There was um, the magic bullet. I guess this was our magic bullet. Yep. Dedication to Krav Maga was it. Show up every day and good things will happen. Now you show up enough, you're going to think about testing. Right. <laughs> and uh, the level one to level two test was a four and a half to five hour exam. Yep. Uh, and then every test after that is six hours. Six um, to seven to seven and a half to yeah, eight, depending right, yeah. on how, how bad we do in certain elements of it and how long it stretches out. <laughs> supposed to be six. Usually it's seven and a half. Yeah. That is where, I mean, it goes right back to the concept of you're picking the right testing partner. Right. Trusting in that testing partner. Right. Uh, and there's other elements to so jump in here, right? I mean, there's trusting, there's... Well, one of the big things that I found was is that I it, it couldn't be just somebody that I got along with. It had to be somebody that I knew was going to be at the same intensity level as I was. And so if it, my energy level, especially in those in, in those early days, was so aggressive and so, um, so high energy um, that it, I couldn't be with somebody who was more laid back and timid in those... Not really timid, but just more... Um, reserved, I should say. I needed somebody who was going to match my intensity because if they didn't, then they were going to slow me down and our mindset would be together. I needed somebody who was going to be with me on the same wavelength and could power through it no matter what happened. And then we trained together constantly prior to these tests so that when we get to those really tough moments, I could look over at them and be like, let's go, dog. You know, (laughs) Absolutely. There's uh, finding the right yeah, person. It has to go beyond personality. There has to be this. The way you framed it is great. The same level of dedication, not just for the exam, but for the preparation of the exam as right. well. Um, the you know, so as I think about, we we just had this level three to level four test, and I went there to, to observe, and you were there too. You went to go check it out. Yep. And, and the funny thing is, we don't have to be there. We want to be there to encourage our classmates and just <clears throat> to. Feel like we're a part of something great because it is something great. I I remember passing through those moments, and uh, 
I remember what it felt like to be in the thick of it. And, I, and, and every time there's one of those tests going on, I see the look on these people's faces. And they're two hours into a six-and-a-half to seven-hour test, and they already look like they're, they're dying. Yeah. But then you see them four hours after that, and they're something has changed in them. It's a weird process, and it's kind of hard to explain unless you've been yeah. through it. But you just see it. It's not really autopilot. That's not really the... What you said earlier about um, about an out of body experience, these people have had to hit a wall, cross through that barrier, and then hit another wall, yeah. and then cross through that barrier, and then whoever who knows however many more. But somewhere in that process, they've removed themselves from that from that moment, and yeah. so they're just they're just going and they're doing. They're running on instinct and they're running on sheer willpower and determination. Right, and and there's just there's that look in their face where they're like, there's nothing. In the world that is going to stop me from finishing this test, yeah, and it's just a it's just a beautiful thing because I know that feeling, and when you get done and you wrap your arms around everybody and get that picture taken, um, there's people that I tested with that it will be you know forever etched in my memory, you yeah. know, for the rest of my life. And um, therein lies another quality of the partner you need to find, which is somebody who who is willing to go through that amount of trauma um, and still. And still have the positive mindset from it, right? Because it's really easy to get self-defeating. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, Especially when you screw something up and you're in the middle of it and you practice something and it's something that you might not have been that good at. Right. Like for me, it was uh, when I was going from uh, three to four uh, with EJ and I could not get an an arm bar. And mm -hmm. I was trying to go from, I think it was side control. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I, th- I think so. I think it was side control, or maybe it was a mount. I, I or I'm out, but a, but guard. But yeah. he, but he ended up in an armbar, yeah. and I could not. I couldn't pull it off. And I and I tried it like six times. And this is something that I knew. I yeah. mean, we drilled it all the time. I could not pull it out. I don't know why. That threw me off for like a half hour. Like everything I did after that, I was screwing it up. And EJ, <laughs> he had to grab me and shake yeah. me and be like, "Hey, man." Like, you're all right. Pull it together. You're way better than this. Yep. You're way better than this, dude. Get out of your head. Mm-hmm. And then I let it go and, and moved on. But, I mean, without him, without me trusting him enough yep. for him to be able to – I mean, he was he was a little bit more aggressive than how I made it sound. I mean, he, like, was – he looked at me. And he was kind of pissed. He's like, dude, you know. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. Yeah, get, get, get out of your – you know, get out of your head, dude. Whatever. Yeah. Like, you're a, you're a bad man. I wouldn't have partnered with you. And this is the guy that I started with five years prior yeah. on my first day. So I'm looking at him. He's basically like my other, other, other dad, you yeah. know, uh, mad respect for that man. So when he looked at me and said that to me, I was like, I, okay, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know? And, and then I, I, I plugged back in and, and went after it. But yeah, but yeah there's, it's just like Egypt. Like every time I see that guy, I just go up and give him a big old bear hug and like, yeah. how you doing? We don't have a whole lot of more conversation than that, but, um, if nothing else, and you know. Admittedly, we that's this interesting point. Right? Naturally, our our common bond is is not just the Krav Maga, but the trauma we put ourselves through. Right. Um, for admittedly for fitness, but at its core, to learn how to protect ourselves. For sure. Um, now we live in the Northwest, uh, and I don't want to say that um, we are a safe haven, um, but we're also not. A hyper dangerous place, either. Right. Um, so the the overall risk, well, I don't want to say is zero. Um, it's also not high uh, in terms of having to use our crop gun. Pray, I really pray we don't have to. Uh, I can probably count it on less than one hand the times where I've even <clears throat> thought that I was going to have to do something, and I even really haven't had to do much. I had to help a guy 
um, I, I came out of a store. I, I just got done with craft class actually. And I was, I was checking out, I was grabbing a kombucha and a couple other things and, and, uh, and I was wrecked and this lady comes running into the Fred Meyer <clears throat> and she says, uh, you know, screaming, help, help somebody help my husband. And so of course me being the knucklehead I am, I go running out the front of the store and I see this gentleman with one guy in a, like a bear hug mm-hmm. from behind mm-hmm. trying to hold on to him. And there's another youngster who's standing there punching that guy in the face, mm. punching the guy who's holding the other guy. And she's like, they're shoplifters. They came running out of the store with a bunch of alcohol. They ran me over and he grabbed one of them. And then we called the cops, but he's getting his ass kicked. I mean, she said it, you know, in kind of a frantic way. So I'm like, okay, so I got to help this guy. Cause he's just getting the, he's just getting teed off on and his, he's defenseless cause he's holding the other kid. Mm-hmm. So I ran up behind the other dude and threw him in a rear naked choke mm-hmm. and popped the knee out from underneath him, basically. And then we just nestled ourselves onto the ground. And I sat there and put him in a rear naked choke until the cops got there. Um, Holy! When was this? This was probably three years ago. It was slightly more violent than that. I mean, yeah. like I, I had to kind of throw him on the ground um, because he was, you know, trying to elbow me and whatnot. But I mean, the, the exchange was basically, I put him in a rear naked choke. He started pushing back and forth and then I popped the knee and we just whoosh, yeah. slammed on the ground. And then we sat there. Yeah. The, the funniest part was there was this little tiny five foot tall blonde gal who's maybe, you know, 95 pounds who happened to be a drug and alcohol counselor. She saw the whole thing happen and saw all the alcohol laying on the ground from where these guys had dropped what they stole. And she came up and sat there and lectured them about how they were going to get to go, you know, go to a place where they're going to get all the help that they needed and that, you know, she's really happy they're going to have this opportunity and that me and this other guy were, were such nice guys for helping them get there. And, uh, and, and these two gentlemen that were, you know, being held for till the police got there, were, were pretty upset with her about the whole thing. <laughs> they were calling me lots of names and, uh, but yeah, but the cops came there and picked them up, arrested them, ran them off. But that's the only time I've had to use anything in a real world. And I, I didn't even have to interject. I just, I made that decision. I wasn't at risk. I w- decided to help somebody else. And I, and I guess for me, that's, if I ever have to use this stuff, it's for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ever want to have to find myself in a position where I'm, where I'm having to be aggressive towards somebody because of anything other than, um, protecting someone, I guess. Right. You know? I mean, I'm not a hero, but then again, it's like, I, I just don't want to, I'd rather be happy and high five everybody, honestly. Right. Right. <laughs> Now, um, your current fitness regimen includes CrossFit. Now, this is something you've been big on for a while. Yeah. Um, When did you get into CrossFit? I did it off and on. um, I did it off and on during my my days of doing Krav along with long distance running um, just to kind of, you know, I really wanted to see if I could increase my, uh, my speed. And so I did a lot of leg workouts and I, my girlfriend who I, who I met at the gym, um, and uh, she's a huge CrossFitter. I mean, that's her thing. She's like a five foot one, hundred and twenty five pound little ball of, you know, of weightlifting, human, yeah, human yeah. mass, right? Like, yeah, just can crush things, right? <laughs> she's she. Not only is she a level three Krav Maga practitioner, but she's also a very high level CrossFitter um, who competes, you know, in teams and individual, and she does really well. Um, you'd never, you'd never guess it from looking at her, but she's basically an ant. She could like lift things over, yeah. lift, lift the house over her head if she needed to, yeah. or if a car ever fell on me, I'm sure she could just flip it off and, yeah. and then I'd be fine. But, um, but she kind of got me into it. So she was like, Hey, you should try this thing out. Your legs might get stronger, blah, blah, blah. So I, I incorporated it a little bit going on, 
um, for a few years. And then um, what happened was is I actually left the Krav Maga gym and I went over and started doing um, some Muay Thai and uh, and did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for a while at a at a at a professional fighting gym, um, just to kind of see. I was exploring the idea of maybe yep. actually competing in that level. Oh, um, and uh, and it turns out that during my last test, um, I had broke my foot. What? And, and I didn't know that I broke my foot, but I had a, I had a break in my foot, and then I had, before that I had broken my foot uh, just during class, and I never got it treated. I just thought it was like a like a sprain that never healed, basically. But I snapped the knuckle above this toe. Whoa! Off the middle, the the, 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 yeah, the middle toe, right? The, mid, the middle toe. Oh. The, I broke it off above the middle knuckle, <sighs> and uh, and it, it just fused the wrong way. So it's kind of like a like a zombie toe. It doesn't really move very well anymore. Um, and so I, I ended up with about three breaks in my foot um, between Muay Thai and between doing Krav and, and and everything else. So I had to take a break from kicking things basically because the doctor was like. You're going to end up crippled if you keep breaking that foot. And so from there, I did jujitsu for a while, which I loved it, but it just was too far out of the way. Yeah. Um, and so then I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I decided that I was going to, you know, start trying to at least get into more fitness. And so I jumped into doing a CrossFit um, because it was available. And so I, I just switched programs. This is at the, the same place. This is at the, yeah, this is yeah, at the same gym. Same, yeah. So I just switched programs, switched over my contract. And started doing it, and it's just you know ever since then. I mean, I've when I was doing Krav Maga, my fighting weight was about one eighty five, and uh, I've put on a lot of mass since then. I'm about two twenty seven right now, um, and that's mostly attributed to just lifting, just nice. a massive amount of, of weight all the time. Um, and it's it's amazing how much uh, how much skill is involved in in like high level fitness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the gymnastic elements and the, you know, how many pushups can most people do? Most people think they could do tons of pushups, but when you get down on the ground and you start pumping them out, you know, do a hundred pushups in a sitting and tell me how you feel afterwards. You know, if you don't do pushups all the yeah. time, yeah. it's, it's really hard to do. Yep. Um, you know, pull-ups are still something that I struggle with. Uh, you know, and there's the technical parts of, of just Olympic weightlifting, which is what I really love. Mm. Um, so there's something about, taking a large amount of weight and pulling it from the ground and putting it above your head in one mm -hmm. motion. Um, the squat snatch is the lift that I, I'm referring to where you literally are, are pulling the, the bar, you know, Olympic bar, which is 45 pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, and then whatever assorted weights you have on there, uh, from the ground in a very wide grip, uh, in one motion above, the, above your head while you're squatting oh down and do a full squat. So it's the most technical lift that there is. Uh, but there's just something about it, man, that just when you snap that thing off and it lands and you're yeah. like holding this, you know, 135, 155 pounds, which, I mean, that's not a lot of weight comparative to some of these guys that are in the CrossFit games. But for me, uh, when I can get that much over my head in one motion and I'm stable and I can yeah. stand up, uh, that's pretty much the greatest feeling ever. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a replica of how I felt when I finished the Krav, Krav test, right. but it just in, in a, in a quick moment, you know? Right. And so I... I just, it's very, I get a feeling of accomplishment when I, right. when I do these things. So the cool thing is that the, um, the, the where we train, uh, offers these two things. Um, yeah. And, uh, with that comes that same sense of community. Absolutely. The, the, it sounds like the, the, the same kinds of relationships, uh, the social, the positive social interactions, the trust you have with your partners, um, exists in the CrossFit world as well. Absolutely. Right. That's and, my understanding of it. And and the coaching too. And um the coaches there, 
we have we have several different coaches, and uh, the main coach is uh, I mean he's a competitor, and and uh, he's he's a younger guy, but he has got this fire in him that JB uh, yeah JB that guy is you know I mean that dude you get in there with him and he'll he'll set up the workouts he'll get you going and then he'll jump in with you and you look over and you know like where I'm doing you know 135 pound squat snatch just because I've already talked about it so yeah. we'll just go with that we just did the CrossFit Open so yeah him and I were doing the 17.3 with each other where it was a whole ladder of, of ascending weight between you know on on the squat snatch and then also doing some pull ups well him and I were we're basically going through this ladder at the same pace on mm-hmm. some level. Um, we were the last two people left who had broken into this higher. You know, you had to. There's some standards you had to get to in order to keep co- progressing. Um, we we're the last two guys going in our heat, and so I'm putting, you know, 135 pounds over my head, and that was uh, that was a pretty big accomplishment to me. And I look over, and he's literally squat snatching my weight. He's putting 225 over his head, <laughs> so it's like a truck axle that's coming off the ground, going yeah. overhead in one motion. Um, and, and it's not that I'm, I, I look over at him and I'm inspired Absolutely. by that. I'm, I'm, I see it and I'm like, man, that's awesome. Yeah. We How, were, we're all, I was there for that actually. Cause that was the you? same day that the level three to level four, recent level three, level four exam was happening. Right. And they were taking a break. So I just happened to be down right when JB was doing that. And I heard the entire room erupt. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty big, th- I mean like for, it was a PR for him. It was a personal record for yeah. him. Um, it was a personal record for me as well. And so being able to put that much weight over my head, I mean, and comparatively, I mean, obviously I'm a scaled athlete at this point when it comes to competing. He's a, he's a prescribed athlete, which is just like all the has super heavyweight, all the really hard stuff. But for him, 225 pounds, I mean, that's literally my body weight. Mm-hmm. He just put me over his head, mm-hmm. um, safely. And, yeah. and that's, that's the big thing. It's not just about doing it. It's like doing it with good form. And snapping that thing up there, and and then being able to to do it again, yeah. you know, and he did it a couple times. And it's just it's just incredible to watch. Yeah. Now, going back to Krav real quick, you mentioned that uh, in, in your martial arts training, uh, you sustained some injury. Yes, in um, that fear of of injury is a common thing I hear when when I get into the details about Krav Maga. Now, right. usually I. I I give people a general overview just enough so that I can satisfy their curiosity and move on to other topics. Right. But more often than not, someone will ask a question, isn't that dangerous? That sounds dangerous. Don't you get hurt? Short answer is yes. Right. You you know, you can also get hurt playing basketball uh, or jogging um, or swimming. Four days ago, I was running down the street with my boss at five o'clock in the morning and I had my weight vest on and I tripped on a a crack in the curb and I ran and I was like stumbling top heavy forward and it was either take a nosedive onto the concrete or take a leap of faith three feet away into a grass, you know, a grass strip on the side of the road and almost slide into the road. Well, I took the grass. Yep. You know, because that's what you do. Yeah. I was just on a jog. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I could have got hit by a car. So... It's all relative. That's right. Injuries uh, are, are part and parcel of just being active. Right. Um, it just so happens that for for what you do uh, and for what we do, uh, they seem uh, they seem to go hand in hand. Right. For sure. Uh, people don't usually associate injury with running or with basketball. They seem to be more jovial activities. I and mean, I don't right. want to downplay them. They're also can be extremely strenuous. Absolutely. Um, uh, but I, I 
I, for those who hear this, and, and hopefully as we tell these stories, we're incidentally encouraging people to take on these activities, Absolutely right? we are. Um, <laughs> we definitely don't want to scare them away because um, while injuries, as you mentioned, it's all relative and, and injuries can happen regardless of the activity you're in, um, we genuinely enjoy the activities we do uh, for our own health and well-being, emotional, physical, psychological, um, and then also for the camaraderie that we get um, from the people who, who do it too. For sure. And I, I would say that anybody who's thinking about taking a martial art, you should definitely do it. Um, it was a life-changing experience for me. Uh, I went from being 260 pounds of chewed-up bubble gum who couldn't breathe and couldn't run 100 yards to, uh, you know, being 185 pounds, you know, of being able to take – you know, stand up with anybody in that in that gym and and uh, and and be able to battle it out on that level. And then also within the first year of of, of beginning running, I ran my first marathon, twenty six point two miles, mm-hmm. and I did it in a pretty decent fashion. Um, I've ran a, several races since then, and so it. You want to talk about a life changing experience? I was a I basically lived a sedentary lifestyle, and so yeah. I, I I hung out. I ate a lot of Taco Bell, played a lot of video games. I smoked a lot of cigarettes. Um, I didn't do a lot of healthy things for myself. And then all of a sudden I became this, like, all I do is fitness. And so some of my friends, I we don't hang out that much anymore. Yeah. Um, but that's because we don't have that much more in common, and, and, and that's fine. Like, I still love them to death, but they're not coming to the gym with me every day. You know yeah. who comes to the gym with me every day? The people that I met there. Uh, and so I've created this whole other community around me, like you're talking about. And and I, you walk in there, and it's like coming home. You know, it's yes. like, it's, it's definitely like a second home. And then just the, the drive that I get out of it, yep. that, that constant need to improve on myself is always there. Um, and it's all comes from this thing. It's like, Hey man, I can do this better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, CrossFit works so well with it. And, and at some point I'll return to Krav Maga. Yeah. Um, and it's just that right now I'm kind of on this other journey with it. Yeah. And, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, anybody who's, anybody who hears this, who's thinking about it being on the fence and you're like, Oh, I don't want to get hurt. You know, I got injured several times doing different things with it. Yeah. Um, I, I dislocated a shoulder and, uh, and got a type three separation in my clavicle. Um, and I was out for four months, but you know what I did the whole time I threw on my sling. I showed up to class and yeah. I helped teach classes for four months. Uh-huh. And, and the, the funny thing is, is that when I came back, I was better at most of those techniques that I've been teaching because I've been critiquing people. Yeah. But it helps to keep me engaged. So, I mean, and, and everybody pulled me in. I mean, I got invited to every birthday party. I got invited to every outing, yeah. movies, you know, and I got, I was still a part of the group. I just didn't get to punch anybody in the face that day. So, well, um, when the time does come for you to, to make your return to Krav, um, which is basically just staying an extra hour after right. your CrossFit class. Right, right. I just um, hang out for a little while. I do hope that it coincides with a fight night because you and I um, have some uh, have some fun sparring to do. We do. Absolutely. <laughs>